What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today we are revisiting something that we did, I think, maybe our second or third episode ever. We're going to be doing a... Re, re, not redo. We're going to do a part two. Part two. Yeah. Part two. My Kelly experience, Jeremy and Pam. Um, we did this w- when we first started just to kind of, cause you know what? A lot of stories about Jeremy I didn't know and probably vice yeah. versa. And there's still more that we don't know about each other and that you all listening probably don't know either. So we figured let's share our own Kelly stories. Yeah, we uh, we did our ourselves uh, for the Mike Kelly experience to sort of introduce the whole theme of the Mike Kelly experience stories. And since then, we have talked to so many awesome fans from all over the world who have shared their experiences, uh, either how Kelly's music has impacted their lives to, you know, how a, a meeting with Kelly uh, really changed them as well. And it's been so fun. It's one of my favorite uh, aspects of this podcast is talking to you guys about how Kelly has shaped your life. And so we're looking forward to talking to even more fans. But then when Pam and I were recently kicking around some ideas for the show, we sort of realized that we have more stories that we haven't shared yet uh, about Kelly that we would love to put out there. And uh, I think we've got a couple of good ones today, Pam. We do. Um, I'm going to get started on mine. It's a small little story, but it always sticks with me because it makes me realize how awesome of a person Kelly is. So um, I'm going to preface with I am getting over being sick. So now, A, if, I, if I'm if i coughing or <laughs> sniffling or my voice cracks, you know why. But it does – it's relevant to my story. Okay. S- yeah, sort of. Not me being sick. You'll, you'll figure it out. Okay. So back in 2017, I'm pretty sure he was meeting a life um, when that album came out, um, Kelly did – so much New York City promo, like promo, um, during when like Love So Soft came out, as well as when the album came out. So pretty much between September and like November, 2017, she was in New York like on three different occasions doing random promo events that were open to fans for free. So one of the events was a SiriusXM subscriber concert. And, um, if you are a subscriber to Sirius XM, you're able to enter to win, um, tickets to uh, exclusive concerts. I know they usually have them a lot in New York and LA. They probably have them in other cities within the U.S. as well, though. And, um, I think the cool part about it is they do end up opening it up to people who don't have Sirius XM. Like, like, I think Kelly may have done like an email blast, something like that. So. Not all the winners actually have subscriptions, but you can kind of get a gist of what the atmosphere was like. I would say it was maybe like a hundred people, hundred fifty, maybe. So um, at the time, I was a subscriber, and I entered to win tickets to see her, and I won. I was like, "Oh my god, so exciting!" So um, I brought a friend with me. I think I brought Janine. Hey, Janine, if you're listening. Um, you know the story, and it was a wild story. So, um, it was at oh, I forgot what the venue was called. Um, Highline Ballroom in New York City, small club. Again, not a venue you would typically see Kelly at. So we're waiting in line. It it was at like noon on a, like a Tuesday or something. We're waiting in line, and uh, I I was towards the front. You know, maybe there were maybe fifteen people in front of me, and all of a sudden, one of the employees who's working for Sirius XM comes and hands the first, I don't know, 20 or 30 people in line, these laminates. Um, and there's like a sticker on the back. Actually, actually, I think everyone gets a laminate, but only the first 30 people or so had like a little sticker on the back. It was just like a little dot. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And um, we didn't really know what it meant. So we all go in for the concert. Um, we're all waiting. It's super intimate. You can literally touch the stage with your hand right there. You are that close to Kelly. And um, we're waiting and waiting. We see the set list. We see all the gear out on the stage. And everyone's just really excited. Basically, what happens is uh, Kelly ends up coming out in like a trench coat. And um, 
as well as as well as with some of these Sirius XM hosts, like the morning show hosts. And she comes out and she's like, hey guys, I'm really sorry to do this because I know you guys came all this way. A lot of you took off work or school, but I'm sick. And I'm oh, no. not I am not gonna be able to play a show today. And of course everyone's like, uh what? <laughs> but the cool part is she sat down with the Sirius XM hosts for almost an hour and did a Q&A with them and also took a bunch of audience questions. So despite having probably a full day of interviews because the album had just dropped, she sat there and we got an exclusive interview that it did end up airing on Sirius XM, but we got to see it in person. There were a couple of fans who raised their hands. I remember I got a really bad selfie with her, which I'll definitely post. It's super blurry, but it's really funny. Um, and that was that. So it was a really cool experience. And then as it's over, everyone's shuffling out. And one of the employees says, if you have, I think it was like a pink sticker. If you have a pink sticker on your pass, please wait to the side here. Okay. And I did. So I waited to the side and they bring us upstairs and we got to meet Kelly. Oh, wow. I had no idea. And I felt bad because I had friends who maybe got to in, into that original line maybe 20, 30 minutes after me and didn't get to meet her. And I, I felt bad. I really did because it was just so random. They were like, all right, you get one, you get one. And then, you know, person number 31 didn't get one. So I was just so grateful for that. So it was really cool of XM. I mean, now in a COVID world. That would never happen if Kelly were sick. That would oh, never, gosh, no. never happen where they, they would have canceled the whole thing. Understandably, they would obviously would have not done a meet and greet, but they ha- made sure everyone was doing something really like was the, everyone was doing the, the photos really quickly. You couldn't make a lot of conversation with her, which was so fun. I was just like, thank I basically, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I just said, so great to see you. Thank you so much for doing that Q&A. I hope you feel better soon. That was really it and like, you know, short and sweet and I'm not looking to make a huge conversation with her. So the story continues. She felt so bad and I don't think – I don't know if she was necessarily contractually obligated to do this because she still showed up. She felt so bad that she flew back to New York a few weeks later just to put on a concert for us that didn't get to see that concert. So did they, did they being Sirius XM, contact everybody and say, hey, Kelly's coming back. Yes. Come see the show. Yes. Wow. It was so cool. And it was at a different venue. And then this concert a- ended up airing online. And I'm pretty sure it may- it might even be on YouTube. I know there was some audio going around with some fans. Um, I'll try to see if there's a download or, or, like anywhere. I know I have a full download of the entire concert. So it was just such a cool thing that she did. And I think it really just showcases that she cares about the fans and she wants fans to have the full experience. Um, It was just so nice of her and so not necessary. Like, you know, I was definitely, I was fulfilled to seeing that, that Q and A and the fact that she came back and did a special trip with the full band, not like a little acoustic thing, the full band, which is a very expensive thing, including like a horn section. It was really, really awesome of her. So, um, special shout out to Kelly and to the Sirius XM team for just um, having a really cool fan experience. Yeah, it's nice when somebody like that, and when I say somebody, I mean both Kelly and with uh, Sirius XM, when they have a good follow through and sort of supersede the listener. Because I think a lot of people, while they would have been bummed to not get the show, they would have been perfectly satisfied, kind of like you said, they would have been perfectly satisfied with standing in a room for an hour watching Kelly get interviewed. I still think that's a really neat experience. And then you add on top of that, the meet and greet experience for the chosen few like yourself. Um, I still think that that would have been plenty for me. I would have left happy uh, and wouldn't have even thought anything else about it. So the fact that she came back is really, really cool. And I mean, ultimately because she was sick, you guys ended up kind of getting double the experience. And I, I mean, it's stuff like that that endears people to an artist. And also I would even say a little bit endears people to a brand like Sirius XM saying, man, these guys really went above and beyond to make sure that I got the experience that they wanted me to have, which I I mean, look, it's a, it's an excellent marketing move on both parties. 
And I'm really glad that you got to have that experience. I do have a question about uh, your your meet and greet part because, again, it's so strange to listen to this and, and hear this with the ears of the last two years. So Kelly was sick, and yet she still had, like, a chosen 20 or so people come to a meet and greet. Like, did, like how did that go? Like, did you guys, like, do the regular meet and greet stuff, like shaking hands and saying hi and hugs and like photos or like, how is it different? Because I feel like if she were sick, she would want to not make people sick with whatever she had. I mean, was it like a regular style meet and greet? Yeah. I mean, as far as like being sick, like, I don't know if she was like super contagious or if she was honestly just like super run down. They didn't elaborate and they didn't really need to. It was no one's business. So I don't know the severity, but um, she basically, you were, we were instructed there were no hugs. Um, We were allowed to, like touch because like we were able to like pose for a photo just like a yeah. normal like side-by-side photo not like a you know certain pop star who does the really far away <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean it was super short like it was like they were like 30 second cattle calls like really short um you weren't really allowed to have much conversation they were like get your photo say hi get your photo and leave um they wanted to make it go really fast so it was sort of a normal meet and greet but just way faster no no hugging at all, understandably. Yeah. But yeah, I know it's so weird to think about this with a with a with the COVID brain because that would never ever 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 happen now. Um, yeah. Even now, like healthy people are not doing meet and greets be- because of the risk of getting sick. So yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but um, and I'm surprised because maybe at the time, like they still hadn't realized they were going to be doing a um a concert in a few weeks, but like they didn't have to give out meet and greets. Like no one was expecting it. That's the thing. They were just like, Oh, you 30 people got here first. You got here early. We're going to give them to you. Like no one knew this. So it's not like, it was like, well, I was owed a meet and greet. And also if you have that attitude, like that's just a little questionable. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. um, I don't, did I answer your, your question? Yeah, you did. I mean, look, they, they could have made no mention whatsoever. Kelly could have walked off the stage and said, guys, I'm, I can't, I'm, I just, I would love to meet fans, but I'm just, I'm not feeling it today. They could have made no mention whatsoever of the little dots on everyone's passes. And you could have just wondered for the rest of your life, what did that little dot mean? Did everybody actually have one? Yeah. You won't know. Um, so it's nice to know that, you know, again, she still followed through with something that she didn't have to do. And let's be honest, probably didn't feel like doing to be to, you know, to do after a show or after an interview after she just spoke for an hour, not feeling well. Yeah, I'm sure all she wanted to do was be in bed. So, like, I give her some so many props. So, um, of course, she was like all makeup and glam because I think she was doing promo and like press all day. So, yeah, um, I'll post the photo. Um, because she looks great. You know, you would never guess that she looks sick. She's just wearing like a giant trench coat, um, <laughs> indoors. So I'm like, something's a little off. Kelly's not feeling great if she's like yeah. all bundled up inside. So, um, it does make me think yeah. about the future of meet and greets, um, in the music industry in general going forward, because, um, I don't, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm at a, a sort of a different animal because it's sort of part of my job to do them. Um, you know, we, uh, we still are, are, are starting to go back to shows, but the one aspect that's been missing is doing the meet and greets. And I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before the meet and greets get back to the levels that they were pre pandemic. And cause I know that there are artists out there who are doing them, but it's a very small pool that's doing them. And so I'm I'm very interested to see how long that's going to take, you know, whether, you know, COVID levels are going to have to get to the point where we're nearly at like an endemic level where, okay, you know, there's always the chance that, you know, this artist is going to meet somebody backstage who has the flu or a common cold or COVID. Like there's, there's just another thing that everybody has to, you know, be aware of. I really think that, especially if you're the kind of person who, you know, usually purchases fan meet and greets at shows, or if you're always trying to win meet and greets from artists or radio stations or whatever, I really think it's going to be a while before we see those come back. 
because I think that a lot of people are still going to be very, very leery of the random public coming into meet and greets. And I even think that they might even get smaller because, you know, it's not uncommon. I've, I've seen Kelly herself do meet and greets with a hundred people. And I think that those are going to be much fewer and farther between. And I think that they are going to start limiting at first the number of people who actually have access to artists. Yeah. I'm, um, I, this, it's for a comedian. I'm, uh, I bought tickets for a show in the spring and it includes a meet and greet as well. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a masked meet and greet. I don't know if they're going to make us do a COVID test beforehand. There's been no, um, no, in, like, I mean, it's not the, the, the show isn't for like three months. So, but there's been no info about that. So I bought it just because I'm like, you know what, YOLO, let's just do it and we'll find yeah. out what, what happens. And I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Like I know, um, some of my clients, like they don't, they're not doing them for a while because for the obvious reasons, or if they are doing them, it's going to be virtual, like a virtual thing, which is still kind of cool because it's like a one-on-one virtual thing. It's not the same, but it's still it's still a cool concept. And I know there are companies out there who are really trying to monetize on the virtual like meet and greets, like the Zoom call for five, 10 minutes, that sort of thing. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our next story. This is going to be one of my stories. And this story goes back to 2015. In fact, it goes to March 2015. This is back when Kelly was doing press for the Piece by Piece album, and she had a day where she was doing sort of the radio rounds where she literally sits either in a a hotel room or at an office somewhere, and she's got a bunch of people in the room with her, and they're all, you know, connected to the same bank of phone lines, and there's usually about, you know, two or three other people listening in on the call when they do this. But she just goes around and she spends about, I would say, two to three hours calling radio stations and calling into morning shows and to other uh, on-air hosts to do interviews. And at this point, when the interview had happened, Piece by Piece had already been a number one album and Heartbeat Song was already uh, well on its way to being a, a hit single from the album. And we found out at my radio station that we were going to get an interview with Kelly on the morning show. And now at the time um, I was doing behind the scenes work at my station. I spent 16 years doing web and graphic design. And then I was also doing just part-time weekends. You know, I on air was not sort of the thing that I wanted to do full time since then. I'm now a morning show host and it is my full-time thing. But uh I remember when one of the morning show hosts came into my office and she said, I've got some really exciting news. And I said, okay, she goes, we need you to create some, something for the website because we're going to be talking to a pretty big artist and we want to promote that it's happening. And I said, great. Who's the artist? And they said, Kelly Clarkson. And I said, are you serious? And they said, yeah, I knew you'd be really excited about it. And we want you to come and sit in and chat with her with us. And I thought, well, this is awesome. This is great. I, I, you know, and at that point, you know, I had met Kelly before, but I'd never spoken with her on the phone because why would I or when would I ever? So they brought me into the studio. Uh, We had recorded the interview a few days ahead of time. I think we we recorded it on like a, a Wednesday or a Thursday and it was set to air that next Monday. And we get on the phone and. I'm thinking, okay, the, the morning show is going to kind of, you know, get her going a little bit. They're going to get her chatting, talking about the album, talking about, you know, kids or whatever. Because at this point, uh, you know, River is around and um, Remy is not yet in the picture. Like, she's not even close. Um, I think River was maybe six or seven months old at the time. I don't remember exactly how old she was. And so we, they start the interview and right off the bat... They talk about how I am a really big fan and they want to go like directly to me to start asking questions. And in fact, I have a clip of the interview and I and I've I've whittled it down to just the parts where Kelly and I speak. And before I play this clip, I have to say that I am so sorry. I am so embarrassed <laughs> that I brought up Carrie Underwood of all people. <laughs> To Kelly Clarkson, not to say that, you know, she's a taboo subject to Kelly, but it's just it it feels awkward, you know, to to bring up Carrie Underwood around Kelly. That said, 
Later in this same interview, the the morning show hosts actually bring up Kanye West. And this is post when Kelly wrote the like public letter to Kanye, like who hurt you in life letter. Um, And she still sort of laughed that off. And she was very kind and very gracious when I when I sort of. okay. another thing I have to explain. (laughs) I I say in this interview that, um, you know, a lot of people or a lot of fans are are saying that you need to do something and you'll hear it in the clip. When I say a lot of fans were saying this, it really was me who made the joke on Twitter. Oh no. And then a couple and then a couple of people responded and liked my tweet. That was my catalyst for saying the internet is talking about this. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> all right, so here is uh all the parts of the interview where Kelly and I speak. Uh, just a reminder for those of you who maybe don't know about my my life outside of the podcast on um, my radio stations. I have a, a different name. I go by the the on air name Luke Matthews, and so that's how I'm introduced to her. Um, and so that's why you you hear me constantly referred to as Luke. But here here's the clip from the interview. Now we've also got uh, in the studio here Luke Matthews. And Luke is uh, a super fan, Kelly. He is. I love you, Luke. Great yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> she starts off the right way. <laughs> well, now, Luke, Luke uh, I mean, he really does go way back. From your first appearance uh, as a, uh, just doing the uh, the audition round on American Idol, way back when, he predicted oh. you would win. And has oh, been wow. has been a super fan. How many times have you seen her in concert? Um, well, when I go August 1st in uh, Rosemont, Illinois, that'll be my 16th show. Are you serious? I'm serious. I love you. <laughs> well, the feelings That's so mutual. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it, in fact, he just uh, he just won a guitar, a signed guitar. I oh did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You're I, like rolling in it. Okay. Don't worry about it. Everything's coming up Luke this week, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Not roses, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also he has a son too. Who? How old is Ben? Uh, ben is uh, five months old. Five months oh, old. Oh my gosh! Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I want a little boy too. Uh, <laughs> well, now I, I should say, Kelly, that the the internet is all about you getting River, your daughter, hooked up with. Carrie Underwood's son Isaiah. Oh yeah. Because then your daughter's name would be River Fisher, which is like the most country name ever. <laughs> oh no, there can go way more. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got to put like a Leroy in there or something. That's country, <laughs> or like a Sue Ann or something. <laughs> You've said that it was tough during during your pregnancy because you were sick a lot. And of course, now we know you were making the album while you were pregnant. Was there any time when you were just, you were recording vocals and you hit a note and you're just like, excuse me, I got to go throw up. Oh, definitely. And you know, luckily, the, um, my musical director who produces me as well, he did catch my breath with me. And actually, he did Run, Run, Run on this album. And he's done like my vocals for a lot of stuff. He knows me well enough to where we're like brother and sister to where I would just be like, and got our, yeah, no. <laughs> and, and then I could call him like, and be like, no, today's not good. Like, yeah, I don't know how, day. I don't know how you did that. I could barely, uh, you know, I, I have a son who was born in December and I could barely record 60 second commercials. Like, cause you can't catch your breath. It's hard to breathe with all that yeah, extra pressure. Yeah, that last month. Yeah. She's really jumping up and down on your yeah. old diaphragm. So yeah. And then honestly, yeah. After having, I had to have surgery, like. Um, I couldn't have a natural child. So I couldn't do it naturally. Um, I couldn't have a natural child. She's just normal. <laughs> oh, God, that came out wrong. We're following. No, We're I just, following. I, I, yeah, I can't do it naturally. So anyway, so I had a surgery, so it was even harder because, like, they were like, don't really do anything and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So did you have a puke bucket next to you in the studio at any point? Oh, my God. I lived because I, I had to go to the hospital at one point because um, I was just so dehydrated. And I just couldn't stop. So they gave me this pink bucket. And obviously they let you go home with it because it's not like they're going to use it again. So, um, <laughs> so I lived with that pink bucket next to my bed <laughs> the entire pregnancy. It was the worst. Oh, it sounds bad. That's it quite does. the souvenir from the hospital. Are yeah. we going to see more uh, baby clothes as options at the merch booth this tour? <laughs> oh, man, I hope so. I love it. I'm, I'm loving like being a mom. It's like the coolest thing. So there you go. Uh, yeah, River Fisher. I love that. I love that. That's so cute. So stupid. No, it's so not. Stupid. No, it's not. And honestly, it's like, you know, mentioning Carrie Underwood is not that taboo. It's really not. It's not like they're like 
you know, they hate each other or anything like that. You know, they came yeah. from the same place. It's so cool and, like, so unique that no one else has this, like, level of story. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I I love, you know, being where we are now and saying that because, you know, because my son, like I said in the interview, my son was only five months old at the time. And when I mentioned that I have a son, she says, oh, I want a little boy, too. And just knowing that within a couple years time, she was going to have a little boy uh, is pretty cool to to hear that, she, you know, she really wanted that and she ended up getting it. So I was uh, I was very happy to to go back and listen to that interview. I, I haven't listened to that interview in years. And so, in fact, I, I had a hard time tracking it down because, um, you know, it's a now seven year old interview and. I was like, I need, I need to have this for posterity. Like, why do I not have a copy of this for myself? I had to go and like go into our deep archives and I was talking to the hosts of the show. Like, do you still have the Kelly Clarkson interview? And they're like, oh yeah, it's somewhere lost on a hard drive somewhere. And so I actually had an effort quite a while to, to track that interview down. And uh, I'm glad that I found it though. And I, now I have it in a safe place because uh, it's, you know, it's really as a fan first, it's a really cool thing to have to say, yes, she and I spoke on the phone and, you know, a lot of people heard our conversation and, you know, I got to, you know, kind of ask pseudo deep questions. You know, I, and the funny thing is, you know, in, in the latter part of that interview, we talked about whether there was going to be more Kelly baby merchandise uh, on tour specifically at this point, we were talking about the piece by piece tour and there really kind of wasn't, I, I seem to remember maybe, Maybe there were baby clothes available. I don't, I, I can't remember for sure, I don't know. but maybe there was, maybe there, maybe it's a, you know, a Mandela effect thing or a fever dream I had, but um, you know, we all just kind of joked that like, yeah, now there's going to be all these like Kelly Clarkson baby clothes, which I was excited about. Cause I'm like, I can buy my newborn son, a Kelly Clarkson shirt. And it never really uh, panned out. Although I will say that later on, um, cause I mentioned in that, uh, in that interview that I was going to see her at Rosemont I went to that show and I had a meet and greet for that show and I had actually gotten a, um, a little onesie for my son printed up and on it, it said rivers future boyfriend. Oh my God. And I show and I showed it to her and she flipped out to the point where she wanted to, cause okay, this is, you have to understand this is 2015 technology. So I had the picture digital. I didn't have it printed out. And so in order to show her the picture, because they were going to take the the photo of us with my iPhone, I needed another device to show her the photo. And so I took my son's iPod touch oh my God. that we that we bought for him to play like lullabies off of. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm sorry, I need to borrow the iPod for a, a night or two when I go to this Kelly show, because it's the only way I can show her this picture of the onesie. And so I bring the iPod touch and I show it to her and I hand it to her. And she's like, oh my God. And she's like, she walks up to the photographer who's holding my phone. She's like, look at this. So I have a picture of, her and I'll, and I'll uh, we'll post it this week on the, on the podcast. I have a picture of Kelly showing the picture of my iPod or on my iPod to my own camera. <laughs> so you see her kind of like dimly lit in the background, holding my iPod, holding this picture of my son. <laughs> I love that so much. She's ugh, It was really cute. She's so pure. So my question for you. So you really thought you were just going to be sitting in, maybe say, hey, like, brief. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that they were just like, they kind of made the interview a lot about you. They really mm -hmm. included you. Like, did you have to like, go ahead and like, think of questions on the spot? Or did they really prepare? Um, no, I didn't know that I was going to be able to ask as many questions and, and the, and I should say the clip that I, that I just played for you guys is a truncated version of the interview. I only put in the parts where, you know, it's, it's me and her speaking. And so there was probably about another six or seven minutes of that interview where they talked about all different kinds of things. Like I said, the Kanye thing and all that. Um, but, uh, no, I was just thinking of questions off the top of my head. And thankfully there was a really large gap in time between, you know, sort of all the stuff at the very beginning. And I think that's why I brought up the dumb Carrie Underwood thing is because I didn't know what to ask. And so the, cause that, that, uh, that tweet that I had put out was so fresh in my mind because it had happened relatively recently. And so, 
that was the first thing I could think of. And that's why I brought it up. And I'm like, you idiot. That's the one thing you think of. You have Kelly Clarkson on the phone with you. <laughs> and that's what you bring up, you idiot. Um, but I, so- I feel like that happens all so much. Even if you have a meet and greet and it's like planned and you know you're going. Yeah. How many times do you just say the most random stuff that you're just like, oh my God, why did I say oh, that? Yeah. All the Absolutely. time. So don't beat yourself yeah. up over it too much. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, yeah, I had a couple of minutes where I could sort of think about um, think about the the next questions that I was going to ask. And so, uh, again, you know, I, I look back on it now and I'm why did I ask about baby clothes? You know, it's just dumb stuff like that. Um, because but, you bo- you both had like newborns. So it made, that's true. It made sense. Yeah. And also yeah. it wasn't so random because we got the River Rose stuff the following like about like a year or so later. You know, that's true. So yeah. you were onto something. Maybe you're the one who sparked, you know, the River Rose doll. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally, Jeremy. That was all no, you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that out into the universe. You're like, sure. you're like, I don't, I don't want to take credit for that. <laughs> all right. I'm excited, Pam, to hear your next story because I don't know this story. Um, You actually, I don't know. It, you, you might, I may have alluded to it before, but actually, okay. I think you do know it to an extent, but. Um, okay. There's probably a little bit more to it. So, um, same year actually, 2015 piece by piece tour. So, for those of you who um maybe became a fan of Kelly's um after the piece by piece tour, you might not be familiar with how the fan request thing worked on tour. So, I think it was only even though it seems like we've had the, those covers for years and years and years, she only did it I think on three tours if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um she did it on both legs of the stronger tour um the winter one with matt nathanson and then the one with the fray and then the piece by piece tour honda civic tour i don't think they did them correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think they did um but it was a really cool thing where jason halbert her music director um yes. music um you you would go on twitter you would tweet him with this, with the certain hashtag, which was like KC fan request, something like that. Mm-hmm. You would type in the, the song and the artist that you wanted to hear, her cover, the show you were going to be at. And that was really it. People, you know, many people made multiple tweets because they had multiple songs they wanted to hear. And, you know, not everyone knew about this. I feel like you knew about this if you were on Twitter and you saw other people doing it or it was like an express thing. People saw like on the express and there was a lot of chatter. So for years I was, you know, for those three years, I was trying to get Kelly to do a cover that I was like, I want my name shouted out on stage. And, and piece by piece tour, you know, I submitted my usual list of songs, um, probably did like five or six songs and, uh, it finally happened. So basically, um, it, what, uh, what, what had happened was the, uh, what, sh- uh, what show is it? I think it was in Jersey. It was at PNC Bank Art Center in, in Jersey. And, uh, I was at work, um, and I was on the express because what they do is for each concert, they do like a different, like, uh, thread, I guess, like a new thing, like who's going to each show and a little yep. bit of information. So I was on that day's show because I was so excited. I was seeing Kelly that night. And I over, well, not overheard. I saw someone post there that they were, they got to the, the venue super, super early and heard Kelly sound checking. And they post, they posted what cover she was sound checking. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's my, that's my song. That's my song. <laughs> I was freaking out, but like, I didn't, I don't know. I was like, maybe someone else covered it. I mean, maybe someone else requested the song. So I was, I, I got excited, but I was like, you know what? I'll get excited when it actually happens. So I, I think it's funny that you were like, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. I would have immediately gone to Twitter and I would have done a search under the hashtag and I would have looked for anybody else who had requested. Like I wanted, I wanted to know for sure before I walked into that venue that this was going to be my fan request. Yeah. It's, you're a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> so I get to the show and um I, yeah, I'm just I'm excited, but like it's not it I'm just kind of like, oh my god, I'm seeing Kelly. That's so exciting. And like I'm just waiting for it to happen. So it was a very interesting show because like I was I was towards the front, I don't know, one of the first 10 rows or so. But I got myself a seat by myself, but I had like friends surrounding me. 
right behind me, directly behind me was, I don't know if anyone here used to watch The Real Housewives of New Jersey, but I used to. <laughs> and one of the people from the show, Greg Bennett, was directly behind me. So we were like chatting during the show just because I'm like, oh my God, there's a celebrity behind me. Let me be, be friends with him. <laughs> so during the show, we're like, you know, having fun. And he realizes I'm by myself. And um, the fan request happens. It was Love Me Like You Do by Ellie Golding. And if you watch the video, uh, Kelly's like, Anyway, this is, uh, I did this for Pam. She didn't give a last name. And this is called Love Me Like You Do. I didn't realize I had to put a last name. Like I, I felt like it, it sounded so awkward. Pam, who didn't put a last name. Like you could have just said my first name. <laughs> and um, I've never felt more famous ever than I did that night because like everyone surrounding me was like, oh my God, that must be her. That must be her. And then like after the show, I had people come up, coming up to me being like, oh my God that was you like that was such a great cover thank you so much for asking her to do that i'm like you're welcome like yeah kelly and i like text all the time you know like i just call her up um so i felt famous for like two hours it was great and thank you for anyone who like filmed that and it's out on youtube now and um it was a great cover um but what happened next was um a few days later i saw her at radio city music hall in new york and um that was a weird tour where like they were giving out like some meet and greets through like a fan club google form contest but then also like cricket wireless who was sponsoring the tour was like giving them out to like d-list celebrities and i (laughs) I, seriously they were giving them to like d-list celebrities on twitter like you went on cricket's twitter that you could just see all their tweets they were tweeting people that had like 5,000 followers. Hey, please DM us. We'd love to talk to you about Kelly Clarkson. And I'm like, these were just random influencers on Twitter. Well, I had the guts or the chutzpah, as I like to say, to tweet Cricket Wireless being like, hey, I'm a big fan. Could I get a meet and greet? Like, what do I have to lose? And they, <laughs> I don't have 5,000 followers. I had like 200. <laughs> they gave me a meet and greet. They oh, gave funny. me a meet and greet. And I don't know why. So I guess just because I, I literally asked them. And it was the very beginning of the tour. So if I had done this later in the tour, they would have been like, we're not doing this. But I think they want to like generate buzz. I don't know. Again, I don't really know how that happened. And I, whatever. My point being is I go to this meet and greet. And all I say to Kelly is, oh, my God, thanks for singing Ellie Golding the other night. That was mine. And she's like, oh, my God, you have such great taste in music. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm a fan of yours. that was really it um that was my story that it's 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 silly but um that was my two hours of fame so what did uh the real housewives person behind you what what was their reaction when it was when it was found that it was your request he was losing it he's like oh my god pam that's you as if we're on a first name basis of course (laughs) after that there was zero interaction ever. He didn't, you know, I think I tweeted him and there was no, but nothing after. But in that moment, he was like, oh my God, Pam, that's you. Oh my God. Like, that's so cool. And like all this stuff, he was very excited. And he was like screaming for me. Um, I doubt he remembers any of this. So um, maybe I'll tweet him. Greg Bennett, if you're listening, we are, um, we are talking about you in our episode today. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I don't even know if you're still in Jersey, but he was very excited at the time. And, uh, yeah, that was my f- 15 seconds of fame. And I want you to sign uh, the tweet. Signed, Pam from in front of you at the Kelly Clarkson concert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was a – I remember that show, the the Jersey show. I can't remember what it was because I remember like that tour. They had started like the first couple shows. They did like a rotating uh, set list. So they would like rotate mm-hmm. a couple songs in and out. We got a song on that that show that she like never did again. I don't know if it was nostalgic or let your tears fall. It was some it was second maybe it was second wind. I don't remember. There was one song that she only sang on a few shows and we got it there and I think she sang it like twice. I have to look it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my story. Um yeah, I don't know if she's ever going to be doing fan requests again like aside from, like i know we get them on the kelly clarkson show but that's a totally different ball game because it's you know it's a minute it's on tv um yeah. because obviously meaning of life we didn't get it she did that whole minute in a glass of wine thing which changed every day but 
it wasn't necessarily like fan requested. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a different format to the whole fan request idea. So plus, I think it was. I mean, I think they kind of maybe knew at that point maybe what was going to be part of the talk show. Did we know about the? We knew about the talk show at the Meaning of Life tour, right? Yes, because they did like um, they like did like some sort of promo. Like I remember they showed. I'm pretty sure they showed like a few little clips of the pilot like before the right. show started. So yeah. we knew it was happening. Um, but I we didn't know a lot of details. I wonder if Minute and a Glass of Wine was sort of a precursor slash uh, tryout is the wrong word, like rehearsal for Kelly Oki and some of the, oh, you know, the, the sure. talk show stuff for sure. Yeah, I definitely think so. so. I definitely think that like she because I think that was even like she may have even mentioned that was the intention. I mean, this was three years ago. So my memory is a little fuzzy, yeah, but same. Um, I'm pretty sure she had mentioned that like she's like, oh, my God, I'm getting a talk show. Let me try this out and like would have all these like celebrities sometimes, but also human interest people as well. Like your everyday yeah. people. Um, I think that really was the intention. You're right. Now that you say that about how she mentioned that she had a talk show, I think I remember each time I saw the tour, she did mention so I have a talk show coming up and it was like, woo. Yeah. I think I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> woo. Woo. Yeah. Um, so that's it that for my exact story. Reaction. It was one person in the audience like, woo. That was you. It was you. It was me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Jeremy's next story is a trip and I don't know much about it at all because I purposely did not read the article. I wanted to hear yeah. from Jeremy firsthand. Uh, to give you a little bit of a teaser, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, how is it that me getting a meet and greet photo with Kelly Clarkson might land somebody in jail? <laughs> How's that for a tease? And next week, we will tell you yes. how it happened. No, <laughs> Tune in next week. We'll yeah. give you the full story. Okay. So this goes back to August of 2018. And, and actually, it's some of the earliest times we see songs from the Meaning of Life album performed in concert. And there was a festival in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It was called the Nubo Evolve Festival. And Nubo is this whole like idea that they do up in uh, northeastern Iowa. It's their thing. I don't know much about it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And they wanted to try to create a festival to give people a reason to come and visit this area of our state. And so the idea was that this was going to be a recurring festival each and every year, and it was going to bring in big national acts, and uh, it was also going to be kind of like an art and entertainment and fashion and all this different kind of like festival. I mean, I don't know what else to sort of like compare it to because, I, I mean, it's not like a Coachella, like it's not, uh, other than the fact that it has like booths and a concert, <laughs> you know, <laughs> otherwise it's exactly like Coachella. Um but the festival was a four-day festival, August 3rd through the 5th. And on the first and the third nights, there were going to be big concerts. Uh, the first night was going to be Kelly. And then on the final night was Maroon 5. So it's a, I mean, it's a good-sized festival. I mean, that was an actual tour at one point. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot of people super excited. These are, you know, big-name artists that don't come to Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids is a, is a, I don't want to say it's a small town, but it's a, it's a small city in the state of Iowa. It's not even like, I think it's like the, maybe the third largest, maybe even the fourth largest city. I mean, it's, it's not big. And so they were trying to get tourism dollars into the city. So they want to put on this big festival. And so they threw everything they had at this Nubo Evolve festival. It was going to be, I think they ended up budgeting like three and a half million dollars uh, for this festival. Wow. And ultimately, I'm going to kind of skip to the end of it. This festival lost $2.3 million. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that's because there were a lot of shady things going on behind the scenes. So again, the festival has some big musical headliners in Kelly and Maroon 5. And then they also bring in a whole bunch of celebrities from different areas of the art world. So you've got uh, Carson Kressley from Queer Eye. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've uh, you've got a designer who has designed a lot of stuff for Kelly, Christian Serrano. Uh, you've got uh, director John Waters. Uh, there was an Olympian named Adam Rippon. 
um, and some other people who they paid to come and speak and kind of like imagine like TED Talks plus a festival. Like a mo- <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, like I I've I've been to one one of those in New York called Aussie Fest where they had like little concerts. I think it was like uh who was it? It was like Portugal the Man and some other people, but then they also had like mm-hmm. Chelsea Handler, a bunch of politicians talking. Like it's one of those things. It's like panels yeah. and like moderators yeah. and also let's throw a concert in there as well. Yeah. Exactly. And so of course all I care about is the fact that there's gonna be a Kelly concert at this. This is all that really matters to me. And I thought about going to the Maroon 5 show because they were actually going to sell three-day passes to this festival for $400 each. And that got you into the festival and it got you tickets for both of the concerts. And even though it seems like a lot of money, that's actually like very normal and like not a bad deal considering like if you were to buy like a ticket just to see Maroon 5, it would be a lot of money. And just to see Kelly, it would be a lot of money. So this, you kind of get everything together. Yeah. Now that said... While I agree with you that it's a it's a relatively reasonable price um, for the Midwest and for a smallish city in the state of Iowa, four hundred dollars was a pretty steep asking price. I mean, I remember a lot of people scoffed when they heard it, and the problem was is that they didn't do a very good job of promoting the fact that it wasn't just the $400 tickets that were available. You could also buy oh, single day tickets yeah. to this event. You could buy a single uh, concert ticket and that got you into the event. So, but they were really, really pushing these $400 tickets. Oof, no. And so right off the bat, when when the festival goes on sale, there's a lot of problems because they're not selling as quickly as they want. In fact, they had estimated that they were going to sell 4,000 of these $400 uh, tickets they ultimately ended up selling them about they ended up selling about 600 of them. Oof. And then they expected to sell 22,000 GA concert tickets for both shows in total. In total, they sold 8300 tickets <gasps> combined for both shows. Oh no. On top of that, 3800 comp tickets were handed out as well. Yeah, so with as far as comp tickets go, so kind of just to give people a little background. First of all, when I said four hundred dollars is is a good deal, I meant just because like for festival pricing as a whole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you kind of there are a lot of factors, and there are only two acts. That is another thing. Usually, when you're paying for a festival lineup, you're getting more than two 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 concerts. You're getting multiple artists playing. But anyway, and and I will say in defense of the festival there were other shows throughout the day like you oh, okay. there was yeah there was there was live music on the main stage starting at like noon okay but it's it was nobody you cared about no you know, one weren't, no big ticket people no okay. no i mean not even like i wouldn't even say these were opening act level oh. like that you would like if you went to see kelly and you saw a really good opening act like a john mclaughlin or a graham colton or a, yeah you know, it wasn't that caliber like it was local or like maybe regional bands. Like you're not paying big bucks to see these bands. Yeah. But as far as like comp goes, just so people are aware, like with comps. So comps means like complimentary tickets. So like basically giving them out for press for like, you know, Jeremy at like a radio station. Like that's one example. Like if I were to go as like, you know, like in, if you know, like a management representative or like, like all press. And also, I don't know if you can probably tell me if you know this, but a lot of times when um a concert is not selling and it's getting to like the 11th hour like the very last minute what they will do is something they call papering which is comp tickets well basically basically they will just give out tickets to people please fill our seats here are free tickets it's called papering here here's a show happening tomorrow night or happening tonight take the tickets because at least the venue or the promoter of the festival will make some money off of like food and drinks and merchandise Right, and they very much did do that, especially near the the actual dates of the festival, like you said, and, and the whole idea of papering. I mean, they definitely did that. And also, one of the things that uh, a show like this will do is they will actually use the money that's coming in from the ticket revenue to pay for the actual festival itself. Again, they budgeted that they were going to need about three and a half million dollars to put on this festival. Now, a lot of that revenue was coming in from ticket sales, 
for the actual festival. Well, those ticket sales were not coming in. And in fact, when it started to look like they were really going to lose their shirts on this festival, they kept going back to their bank, which had loaned them the money to begin with and said, we need to, we need more loans. We need more money. And they kept borrowing from the bank. Well, the problem is, is that one of the guys who was head of the festival, his name was Aaron McCrate. Uh, he was the uh, CEO of like the uh, convention and visitors bureau for Cedar Rapids. He fudged the numbers on how well the festival was doing at the time. And so when the bank was asking, well, how many tickets have you sold? He grossly over uh, overestimated how many they'd actually sold. He knew the exact number, but he inflated that number to the bank to make it seem like, oh, this is not a big risk to get our money back. They're clearly doing well with ticket sales when they actually were bombing. They were completely bombing when it came to ticket sales. Because another thing you have to understand is that Cedar Rapids from the nearest large city is probably about a three hour drive. I mean, it's it's a about a two and a half to three hour drive to Madison, Wisconsin, which is a, a good sized city in, in, in Wisconsin. It's still about a four hour drive from Chicago. It's a two and a half to three hour drive from Des Moines, the capital of Iowa, where a lot of people were expected to come from. And typically how it works when a festival or any sort of concerts happening, especially on a big caliber like Kelly or Maroon 5, and for the actual money, how that works is typically um, in, they have to get a deposit. The, the artists have to get a deposit, um, either deposit or all up up front usually deposit um uh maybe like 30 days before the show or 180 days before the show to kind of lock them in and they get the rest of the money usually like that night or like the next day like after they perform the show so they already had a and i'm sure maroon 5 has an insane cost kelly is not cheap we know that um so i'm sure they had to have a they have to front that money and they have to pay the artist if the artist plays the show they're legally binding to pay that and to pay the deposit ahead of time. So they needed that that capital. That I'm, I just watched in, um, Inventing Anna last night, and I'm getting just all these flashbacks because it's exactly yeah. what what happened yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, you know one of the big and another big problem with festivals, especially brand new festivals, is if you do not have a track record with the management company, or if your festival has no. Um, no sort of uh, credibility credibility behind them. It is not uncommon for artists to charge more than what they normally charge because they don't know anything about you. They don't know anything about your festival. So if you're going to screw them, you're really going to get screwed because you're going to have to pay even more. Now, if Kelly were to come back to this festival a few years later, they'd be like, oh yeah, we remember that festival. We had a good time. Yeah. You get her regular rate. We're not going to overcharge you on this one. However, um, the ticket sales were not going well. And so fast forward to the day of the festival, I have, um, I was able to lock up a meet and greet for the show and I'm really excited because it's, you know, I know it's going to be the first time I've heard a lot of the meaning of life record in concert. And I knew Kelly was in a good place. She was doing well. I, uh, I go to the meet and greet and it's a, a pretty large meet and greet. Like they had it at some random uh, building in the town um, that was just sort of down the street from where the stage was. And I remember walking into the meet and greet and this was the meet and greet where the first time I walked up to Kelly and she said, I know you. Ooh. And I was just like, I mean, I almost like went to my knees like, Oh my God, I'm going to be sick. Cause <laughs> I actually never wanted to get to that level. Like I don't want to be one of those like recognized fans. Like, Oh, you're that guy who's always showing up to these things. Like, Oh my God. It's not who I want to be, but I said, yes, we've, we've met before. How are you? It's nice to see you again. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so fine. I'm great. Um, and we just, we had a real quick back and forth again, total like mush mouth. I just probably vomited whatever I was thinking in the last five minutes. We take our picture. It's a lovely picture. It's actually one of my favorite uh, meet and greet pictures. Cause she's got this really like, I mean, this really kind of stylish dress on. She's got her hair up in a bun. We'll, we'll post it on our socials. And uh, I'm wearing a Stone Temple Pilots T-shirt. That's awesome. It's uh, it's the butterfly from their uh, from their album with their new lead singer. Um, 
And so, you know, I was feeling good about myself. I got a good picture. I'm really excited. We go to the show. It's a great show. It's a it's a weird show because of the way that they built the stage. I'm not kidding you. She was 20 to 30 feet off the ground. Oh, God. And so it was one of those, are, like, ginormous stages. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And they and she, even she was just like, I do not want to fall off this stage. Like, I will die because it's a long drop. And, you know, the the audience was really far away from her. We're, we're standing in, you know, grass. And I'm like half standing on a curb and the street. And so, you know, it, it wasn't the best viewing um, experience that I've had at a show. But nonetheless, it was still a really good show. And I was excited to to hear a lot of the new material. Ended up being a really great show. Well, as the days and weeks start to pass after the show, it all starts to come out that this entire festival had just fallen apart. Like I said earlier at the beginning of the story, it had lost millions of dollars. In fact, there is a headline of a Des Moines Register article that says Cedar Rapids tourism execs to plead guilty to defrauding bank to get money to pay Kelly Clarkson. Oh, my God. Not even Maroon 5. Only Kelly Clarkson. No. Wow. They had to lie to the banks to get the money so that they could keep this festival going. Because like Pam said, I would be willing to bet that since it was a brand new festival and they had no reputation behind them, they probably had to pay most, if not all of the money up front. Yeah. And the fact that they even were able to pay up front and and be able to get these artists uh, paid. And I don't even, there may have even been an issue with paying Maroon 5. I'm not 100% sure. There's been a lot of stories and articles that have come out about this. You're welcome to to read the hot mess that they are. If you look up Nubo Evolve, it's N-E-W-B-O Evolve uh, Festival. You can read all of the legalese that goes along with it, but it was a cluster uh, with this whole festival. And so Ultimately, uh, a couple of years later, it comes out that the the guy who I mentioned earlier, this uh, this Aaron guy, uh, he pled guilty to one count of bank fraud in federal court. He faces a maximum of 30 years in jail, a million dollar fine and up to five years of supervised release after his prison sentence is completed. Uh, I don't believe he's been sentenced as of yet, but this concert lost people their jobs. It completely destroyed and dissolved the convention and visitors bureau of Cedar Rapids. And there are still vendors who were at that festival who have yet to be paid. So it was a nightmare. I mean, the entire thing, but I look back on it and I've got this really lovely meet and greet picture. Like one of my favorites that I have with Kelly Clarkson with the new bow evolved uh, step and repeat banner behind us uh, that, you know, I treasure that picture and it was, you know, it was a great show and I, and we had a lovely exchange at the meet and greet. And I always think in the back of my head, some dudes going to jail because not because I got that meet and greet, but because that meet and greet got to happen. Some guy is going to go to jail. It's not your fault. It is not your fault. Not my fault. No, nope. my fault. That's I bought a, my ticket. Yeah, you got you did everything you were supposed to do. Um yep. I think that is so funny and I think that's just like another like very unique story that I'm curious if Kelly I mean I, at this point I doubt like you know 3 4 years out of it that she would re- like remember the show or anything because she does how many shows but yeah. I wonder if her team like I'm sure her team knew the severity of it um whether that was management or her her agent I'm sure they knew the severity of it while it was happening, but I'm curious if they know the extent of how corrupt this was after the fact. Because I'm sure if there was all this money issues before the festival with the banks, I'm sure that, you know, I think her agency, CAA, I'm pretty sure they didn't get the money so smoothly and effortlessly. I'm sure there were delays or just, you know, shady stuff going on with this this festival. Um, yeah. And the, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, I, first of all, I doubt Kelly was ever made aware. No. Um, and quite honestly, as far as her people are concerned, I feel like if they got paid, that's all they care about. They don't care about the shit show that happened behind the scenes and, and the wake that was left by this event. All they care about is that their client got paid 
what she was promised and we're moving on and it sucks to be y'all back here in Cedar Rapids. Was there news about this? Like while this show was on sale, was, were there stories coming out about how badly it was doing? We had heard, and just because I'm in the radio industry and we're, we're a little tighter with promoters um, and you know, we, we know people in the industry. So we hear the whispers that other people are hearing and we heard leading up to it that the show wasn't selling well. Okay. Um, and when I say the show, I mean the event as a whole, we knew going, I think I've, I may have even been public knowledge that the $400 tickets were not selling well. Um, and now that I think about it, they may have been 375, but it's not, that's not, important. it's still a lot. Yeah. It's it, apples to oranges here. Um, we knew that it wasn't selling well. And look, I, you know what the way that I'm thinking is, is like, this is Kelly Clarkson visiting my state, which she does so infrequently. She's played my home city one time in her entire career. This is only the third time she's played my state period. One other time was on the mini tour after she won American Idol. She played like one of the random border towns and then Cedar Rapids is, is the other one. And so I always want her to do really, really well when she comes here. I want her to have a packed house. I want her to see that, you know, my state supports her because, you know, maybe she'll come back. Yeah. But I will be the first to admit that crowd was sparse. And if there were a lot of paid ticket people there, you couldn't find them because that show in particular, Kelly's show did not sell as well as Maroon 5 did. Um, and her show was papered with tickets like i would be willing to bet that she probably and i the numbers are out there somewhere but i mean i think she only sold a couple thousand tickets for her show and this is an outdoor festival where they have nearly unlimited capacity to sell tickets i mean they they wanted roughly eleven thousand people at the show they probably got three or four yeah um and paid there were there may have actually been about five or six thousand people there, but I'm willing to bet that more than half of the people at that show didn't pay for a ticket. Yeah, they were, I mean, they might as well have been handing them out at the door, being like, "Please go into the show." And the problem is that, like, it's not that it's uh, a representation of Kelly and that she doesn't have the fans. It's a, you know, I'm sure she promoted it a few times, but you know, as someone who has worked with artists and worked with festivals and worked on solo tours, you are way. There is less of a reason for Kelly or any artist to really promote a festival compared to their tour. You know, if she was if she was doing a solo show headlining concert, part of the Meeting a Life tour in Cedar Rapids, like yes, she would have they would have promoted it way more because it's more of a liability on her rather than um just a festival hiring her. It's completely different. So I'm sure she promoted it a few times, but it's not her place as an artist to be promoting the festival thoroughly oh i can tell you right now she i think she made one post or, or her people made one post on her social channels and then it was listed on the concert calendar on her website that was the extent of how much she promoted it i mean there and, were no yeah. paid facebook ads there were no pre-roll ads there was there was nothing and it's because, not like her place said, to, yeah it's not yeah. her place not her festival to promote all she cares is that she gets paid yeah. when she gets done performing that's all that matters. Exactly. So that's like a, that's kind of a different, that's kind of just like the difference between promoting a festival that you happen to be part of and your own tour. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, it's so interesting. Cause like I, I, not to get too whatever, but, um, a couple of years ago, a few of my clients were, were on the bill to play Woodstock 50 mm-hmm. and I was so excited. I, I was supposed to go and, um, you know, it, it was, it was very public while it was happening that there were a lot of money and legal issues. So it's, it was, you know, it's not anything that I had behind the scenes. It was made extremely public. I don't even remember if it went on sale or not. Um, I think it did, but you know, unfortunately it's, it happens more and more with festivals these days, even something like Woodstock 50, which obviously we've all heard of Woodstock. It's a reputable name, but you know, unfortunately it happens because there's all also this like saturation. There are so many festivals. So, um, you know, everyone thinks they can do it. Everyone thinks it's going to be Coachella every time. And for various reasons, you know, not that it, you know, not that people aren't smart behind it or whatever. There's just, there's so many factors, um, that there's not one formula for running a successful festival. And, um, 
you know? At the end of the day, it's really to make the artists happy and make the fans happy. And unfortunately, promoters have to get the brunt of that. So, but that's wild, man. Yeah. Woo, you're part of a, I don't want to say history, but kind of history. <laughs> yeah. Some Iowa controversy. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so those are our stories uh, for our part two of Jeremy and Pam's My Kelly Experience. Uh, if you have uh, any sort of Kelly experiences, whether it be uh, an interesting meeting with Kelly or even just how Kelly's music has impacted your life, you don't have to have met Kelly to be a part of a Mike Kelly experience show. We would love for you to reach out to us and tell us part of your story because we would love to feature you on the podcast in a future Mike Kelly experience episode. So please reach out to us uh, via our various social channels. You can find us at Miss Into Podcast. Uh, anywhere online, and also you can uh, find out more about us at missintopodcast.com. Yes. Uh, as I think I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago when we had our roundtable episode, we got so many people writing to us, being wanting to be involved, and also sharing their Kelly stories with us. So we have a lot of people's stories, and we only have so many weeks. Yeah. So we're really going to try to sprinkle them out over the next couple months. So if you haven't heard from us yet – we will be reaching out to you because we would love to hear everyone's story. And we do read every incoming message that we get. We read every single one of them and we, we, we file them where they need to be so that we can come out to uh, reach out to you later. Yeah. Cause we already have a couple more lined up. Um, again, like some involve Kelly directly. Some don't, some are mm-hmm. just about her impact. Um, and we love to hear all of it. So yeah, as Jeremy said, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at miss into podcast. Um, and if you listen on Apple or Spotify, leave us a rating review. We would love that. And, yes. uh, I think that's about it for this week. Gosh, I hope so. I, I think I might officially be out of stories. Me too. I think <laughs> we'll have to think of some, some new ones. So, yeah. um, Kelly, come on our podcast. We can have a new story. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bye guys. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 